The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And I'm asking this question, uh, not in jest, I'm deadly serious in asking this question. Has it ever been considered why RTE actually has to be in Dublin, to locate itself in Dublin? There are numerous other locations that RTE could place itself in. Um, Right now, in Galway City, we have an airport uh, sitting there, owned by the taxpayer. It's 115 acres. It could actually fit four RTEs on site. Um, It's in a city uh, that has a long-standing tradition in in drama, in film, in music production. Uh, Galway City itself, actually, is one of only five cities in the world designated as a UNESCO city of film. So there's an extraordinary tradition there of, of, um, of production. There are 50 production companies, they have 600 staff. TG Carhart does extraordinary work there. In fact, that site could be a possibility to co-locate uh, TG Carhar and RTE all on the one site. All of the synergies, all of the uh, economies of scale one could achieve through that. And it's also, I, I'm nearly certain, in the Gaeltacht. So would RTE contemplate moving, moving lock, stock and barrel out of Dublin city um, to the, the symbolism of that in terms of the Irish people as a whole would be very powerful, powerful I would argue, and you get to sell that site. Um, I just think it's something you should seriously consider. Mm, now, that was uh, Kieran Cannon. Uh, you know, lots of the TDs and senators had uh, ideas as to how RTE should solve its problems. That's perhaps one of the, the farthest stretches that uh, they came to. But we are joined by David Davenpower, former RT correspondent and by Financine Ireland editor with the Irish Independent. Uh, good morning and welcome. Uh, Finan, from you first, the overall uh, view of the committee, uh, their performance and the committee of the executives and the board. Well, the the committee still seems to be frustrated that basic answers to questions that they've effectively been asking now for the past three months are are still not being provided. Uh, it appeared that the the tactic of the RTE executive and board yesterday was to come in, give the whinge about the the TV license uh, fee and think that they'd get great sympathy from from the committee. I mean, the the TV licence fee, you know, that's not really to, to blame for the, the immediate issue at, at hand here. The TV licence fee didn't de- deliberately mislead the public uh, about uh, payments. It didn't uh, offer side deal contracts worth 75 grand a year. It didn't give executives a 10% pay rise and didn't blow 2 million quid on a musical flop. So the... The TV licence fee reform might be part of, of the, the the wider issue, but there does seem to be a washing of hands here uh, by the board and the executive for the, the problems that have emerged in recent months. And we were seeing that reflected in the questioning coming across yesterday. Yeah, now there was uh, you know a lot of, uh, we should have asked this, we should have known more. Um, and at the end, uh, Neve Smith, the chair, asked a very interesting question about the, the leaky board. And she was uh, trying to explain what the, 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 the point of this, an executive who doesn't trust its board is not actually going to share everything with that board. Yeah, a board uh, member who don't who doesn't trust their other board members isn't going to isn't going to share much there either. I mean, we're we're seeing that uh, operate now at the highest levels uh, of government uh, with cabinet, where ministers are afraid to circulate briefs uh, in advance because they're worried that a colleague will will leak them. Uh, hence, they're coming in with proposals uh, under their arm, so to speak, distributing around the table. That doesn't that doesn't lend to, to good deliberation, deliberative uh, processes. So, yeah, when when you're 
when you're in a, a culture where you're worried about if you say something, will the person next to you uh, leak it? You tend to be a bit more, bit more reluctant. Again, Neve Smith, she didn't exactly get any answer uh, on that about whether there was. It was kind of generally, oh yeah, that that's terrible. But you're you're kind of looking at these people going, well, you were the one sitting on the board table. I've not even any idea how that happened. Um, it's it struck me uh, watching all of this yesterday that you know even before the the latest scandal which erupted in, in the summer that RT was going to be in something of a financial hole, and you know you got to get at that first because you can talk about presenter pay and this that and the other. Um, even all the expenses, if they were to be taken out of the losses that were were uh, exposed, yeah. RT is still making a loss from its day to day activities. Yeah. You know, take for, presenter pay out, take yeah. uh, the expenses for motor cars and so on out. Even netting all that out, RT is still making a considerable loss, and that simply could not continue. Yeah, so so Ryan Tuberty is gone now, lads. So you can't continue to blame him and his his salary. And seventy-five grand uh, side deals with, with Renault and barter accounts and so on and so forth. The bottom line is, before all of this uh, what came out, was thrown out there by the board back in in June, they were still looking for thirty-five million uh, of a top-up uh, for this year, following on from uh, appeals for for funding in previous years as well. So, I mean the. The begging ball argument has been there for quite some time. It has exacerbated now because of the the, the corporate governance and financial crisis that has uh, emerged in in recent months, mm. and it has made things worse now because we're seeing uh, a drop off uh, in license fee revenue. So, uh, yeah, fine. RT are saying, well, now there's now going to be a 21 million euro shortfall uh, in. License fee revenue probably this year, but they were already looking for for thirty five million. They've already been looking for license fee re- reform. They've already said that they are in a precarious financial mm-hmm. uh, situation. So w- the point that we're getting to now is when RTE uh, goes now to government uh, and seeks. Uh, financial support. The answer that's coming back is this isn't all about handouts. You have to come up with a plan yourselves mm. uh, strategically. And that seems to be what's what's being put together. And that is going to result not in basically, here's what we're going to do and the government are going to give us extra money for it. It's going to be, these are the things we're no longer going to be able to do because we're not going to have the funding to do it. Yeah, Kevin Backer said everything was on the table. They were getting the site valued and we had uh, members of the committee offering their own personal valuations uh, without actually knowing any... Half a billion. Without knowing, you know, that there were listed buildings on the site and the cost of you know, building a brand new complex somewhere else. But anyway, that's for another day because they will have to do all of, of those things. Uh, well, David, the, the, yeah? The, the difficulty in that, Pat, is they did sell off a tranche of land, eight acres. They got 100 million for it. There's nothing to show for that money. That money just went into kind of the, the black hole of, of, of financing RT. I think the point here is if you're going to be selling off part of your 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 land bank, then people want to see, well, what exactly is that funding going to be used for this time? So if you're moving to a, a, a new campus or you're developing a strategic plan for the future, then that's where that funding goes. It doesn't just go into filling the whatever latest deficit you're running that year. Yeah. Uh, David Evan Power, um, as a, a former correspondent in RT and you know the way it works, what did you make of the committee's hearings yesterday? 
Well, I thought the executive did okay. All of the hard questions were battered by uh, Kevin Backhurst, who's a pretty smooth performer. And I think he's built up a bit of a rapport with the politicians, even in his eight weeks. He seems to have uh, been able to defuse even Imelda Munster's pretty aggressive approach. Um, and I would agree with Finon. We still haven't answers to a whole load of questions, primarily who actually signed off on tweaking uh, Ryan Trubridge's salary that started all this. And at board level, who signed off on the toy show, the musical? Uh, they're, they're two key questions that haven't been answered. I thought the responses from the board themselves were, were quite illuminating. Certainly the uh, the veteran board members like Ian Kyo uh, were pretty rueful. I mean, they didn't exactly apologise, but they pretty much put their hands up and said there were questions that they should have asked. And, you know, they blamed the executive for being obstructive and so on and so forth. But surely it's the job of a robust board uh, to deal with that. I mean, executives and boards rarely pull together. So I don't think it's much of an excuse to say, oh, they wouldn't give, give us the information. I thought uh, there was an interesting contribution from, a brief as it was, from a, a couple of the newer board members, Jonathan Ruan and David Harvey, um, I think David Harvey's point was essentially uh, the RT has a chance now to reimagine itself because, you know, what is the product going forward? Uh, the, the digital product is obviously deficient. John Ruan making a similar point. And news to me that there's only a handful of software engineers um, uh, working in RTE, and it seems now with the cutbacks that uh, investment in the digital product is going to be hampered. So that's a huge issue mm. for an organisation that really hasn't made a great transition into the digital world. Yeah, I mean, the RT player was uh, maybe the focus. It's not the best player in the world. Uh, but 11 software engineers or whatever they have uh, seemed to me like quite generous for a relatively small organisation. They did compare it to Netflix with 2,000 software engineers, a rather different global organisation, I think. Rather, rather different, but you would have thought there would have been uh, a greater cohort of software experts in RTE, given the, the, the stress the organisation itself has laid on the need to uh, up its digital product. So, I mean, I thought that was an interesting observation. But essentially, Pat, I I think, you know, without uh, Moya Doherty, uh, who uh, I don't know whether she was invited, she certainly declined to appear at an earlier committee. No, she did appear. Uh, Moya did appear at a committee. She did appear, but she declined to appear at the uh, the, uh, committee just before the summer. Um, I, I mean, I saw her. Uh, yes, I know that. Uh, she did. Appear, she, she, she appeared uh, on two committees, but then when she was invited by a subsequent by the Public Accounts Committee, subsequently she declined. So I, I know she did put in an appearance for the, 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 the two earlier committees, but without her, her and D Forbes, I think it's really you know quite difficult to get answers to mm. the outstanding questions. But, uh, I mean, well, one of the issues, I heard uh, 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 Emma Kelly yesterday on the, the news at one talking to Brian Dobson about how um, shook they are in the newsroom without staff and uh, reacting to the recruitment uh, embargo that Kevin Backhurst announced just before going into the committee, which, uh, you know, obviously got some of the, the headlines maybe deflecting from other headlines. Um but my experience would not suggest that the newsroom in RTE is short of staff compared to, for example, here in News Talk. Well, 
I'm four or five years out of there, Pat, but certainly the workload uh, for reporters in, in every newsroom has ballooned uh, with the need to, to, to service various digital outlets. I wouldn't say that there's very much fat in the uh, RTE news division. Uh, my experience has been that really most people there put their shoulders to the wheel. I wouldn't say it's the same in every other uh, area in RTE. But uh, in the news division, I do think that uh, I think the Dyson Pair gets a reasonable bang for their buck. Yeah. Uh, I no, mean, it's, it's just that every time a, a director general or somebody decides they have to make a cut, I think uh, they wanted to move Lyric to Cork and Dublin, you know, to share, sh- shut down the Limerick operation. And I read, I think it was on the RT website, um, that Leo Vratkari, in fact, intervened as well as uh, those locals to Limerick who didn't want to lose it. And that's going to be the problem. RT, and they said it yesterday to the committee, uh, we're going to have to make decisions, some of which you guys won't like. In other words, no Athlone studio, perhaps downsizing Galway, maybe no Sligo studio, Uh, Cork might have to go, Belfast might have to go. Do you know? Maybe no coverage of political conferences. That was also mentioned, wasn't it, in passing? Yeah. Yeah, but I think I, that's why I had a wry smile when I listened to Kieran Cannon, the clip uh, that you played uh, uh, at the outset here, uh, he's suggesting that RTE move lock, stock and barrel to Galway. When you look at the fuss there was about a handful of staff being moved out of Limerick, good luck with that. Yeah, the the other thing is the the unrealistic nature of uh, you, you know being whimsical about what RT might do, reimagine itself and sell the campus, get a few bob, build another one, uh, and then you've got a whole pile of people who might have to remove themselves to wherever, uh, who are maybe espoused to other people who already have jobs uh, built around where they live. We, remember, they tried to move the Ordnance Survey Office to Dungarvan. Where did that go? Yeah, yeah, uh, no, it's. Um uh, there are no labour easy solutions here, and I think one of the things that was uh, laid out fairly starkly yesterday was the fact that RT has very little wriggle room if it keeps its current its, its current headcount. I mean, eighty uh, percent of uh, the spend is sort of non discretionary on staff and uh, essential services, so that, that gives the incoming director general not very much to play around with if the headcount is to stay the same. And I would say, long term, uh, that's the big question. Yeah. Um, we'll have to wait and see what Backhurst's proposal is, but I, I would suggest to you, Pat, that the, this month, the, these couple of weeks, are probably the most uh, significant in RTE's history. Yeah. Last words from you, Fanon. Yeah, we're, 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 there's a rush on now because if they want to get money from the budget, uh, they need to come up with a, a plan pretty fast in the next uh, couple of weeks. Maybe that's an interim uh, solution. Maybe they promise more flesh and the bone from there. I think it was quite clear from Kevin Backer's uh, language yesterday that RT is going to be slimmed down. There is going to be less staff. There is going to be some movement uh, on the head, on the headquarters uh, and also in terms of their their programming output is, is going to be uh, affected. So the business as usual that has kind of gone on uh, under the, the the previous regime uh, um, is is not going to continue. Again, one one last thing: it was Hamlet without the prince there yesterday. No Richard Collins, chief financial officer, who would have been able to shed I'll at least give a bit of insight uh, onto some of the events that happened uh, over the previous years, but they chose not to bring him. Uh, finally, one of our wags has been on, uh, and this would you know solve RT's problems. Uh, could I suggest Ryan Tuberty the musical as RT's next extravaganza? It'd be a sellout. <laughs> so there you are. <laughs> on that note, uh, David Davenpower, former RT correspondent, Fiona Sheen, Ireland editor for the Irish Independent. 
The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk. Uh, thank you both.